trade secrets are paramount to a company's long-term success. Trusted employees are considered one of a company's most important assets. In our new virtual environment, protecting valuable IP following the resignation or termination of an employee can present a variety of new challenges. Protecting your assets is a four-part discussion which addresses a variety of concerns at the intersection of employee departures and protecting valuable company trade secrets. Topics covered will include navigating successful exit interviews, mitigating database damage and stolen property issues, assessing litigation implications from potential employee raids, and the handling of demand letters. Hi, I'm Michael Bunis, and I'm the co-chair of Choate Hall & Stewart's Intellectual Property Litigation Group. I'm here with Adam Bookbinder, who's a partner in our government enforcement group, and we're going to be talking about theft of intellectual property. This time, we're going to be talking about theft from insiders within the company, theft from company employees. Adam, we're hearing so much these days about external attacks on systems, whether it's state-sponsored hacking or identity theft or, or ransomware. It's almost never-ending. But what we're talking about today is the threats that companies face from inside the company, the very real threats from people we see every day, people who don't need to hack. These are the folks that are given access to the valuable and sensitive information. In fact, to make it even more complicated, they need that access in order to do their job. In this segment, Adam and I are going to be talking about what companies can do to help spot IP theft from these trusted insiders, as well as the initial steps that they should take to investigate the problems that they do identify. To make it concrete and practical, we're going to walk through a hypothetical situation based on a criminal trade secret theft case that Adam actually prosecuted when he was a cyber and IP crime prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston. Adam. Why don't you set up the scenario for us? Happy to do that, Michael. So the situation here begins when an engineer at a large microchip manufacturer gives notice that he's leaving the company. He says he's not sure what he's going to do next, that he might go work for a hedge fund. Uh, and he says that he's going to be taking two weeks vacation time before his last day. At the end of that two weeks, the employee has his exit interview, and following its standard practice in that exit interview, the company asks the employee to sign a form stating that he had returned all company intellectual property and was taking none with him. But after the exit interview, his supervisor hears a rumor the employee is in fact going to work at another microchip manufacturer that is the company's largest competitor. So Michael, let me throw it back to you. As an IP litigator, given this fact pattern, are you concerned? Well, of course. I mean, the first thing that jumps out at me is why would this individual lie about where he's headed to next? I mean, I wanna know whether that rumor is true or not. Well, that's what the company did here. Uh, the company wanted to figure out whether the employee was in fact going to work for their competitor. They did some investigation and they found an online listing showing that he had gone to work for the competitor. And in fact, that he had started that new job during the two weeks of leave he took before resigning from his old job, a time when he still had his company issued laptop and access to the company network. The company then looked at uh, their network logs of his activity during the month or so before he left. And what they saw was that he had downloaded a massive number of files. 
including documents containing trade secrets that the company later determined were worth more than a billion dollars. Finally, the company saw some email fragments suggesting that the employee was in contact with people in India about some kind of business. Now, Michael, I trust at this point you're now more than concerned. So what would you advise the microchip manufacturer to do at this point? Well, you're right that I'm a little concerned. <laughs> There's a number of different options that the company could take. I mean, obviously there's civil litigation and um, perhaps even seeking uh, a temporary restraining order. Acting quickly is a really important thing. You know, frankly, the enormity of the amount of money we're talking about here, a billion dollars in value, makes me think that just simple civil litigation might not be enough. And instead, maybe this is a time when you'd want to get law enforcement involved. Now, each one of these options have pros and cons. So you'd want to think carefully. Perhaps even this is a situation where you might want to call up the competitor and see if they had thoughts about hiring this individual. Those are just some of the things that I might consider. So uh, in the case that our, our hypo is based on, uh, the company did call law enforcement. They called the U.S. Attorney's Office. We began to investigate, beginning with a search warrant for this former employee's apartment. And within days, the FBI had searched the apartment recovered a laptop and a hard drive with all of the stolen data and uh, was able to recover all of that before the former employee had been able to use it. So in this case, a good result through law enforcement, but it is important to, uh, to keep in mind that most theft of intellectual property is not appropriate for criminal investigation and prosecution. Here, the facts were extreme enough that the government was interested you had a huge company uh, that was the victim. The trade secrets stolen were very valuable. All of that makes it a lot easier for the government to get out the deterrent message that is always part of uh, the thinking in a prosecution like this. You had the overlapping employment with someone actually working at two competitors at the same time, clearly a very bad fact. His lies about uh, where he was going and the fact that he hadn't taken any intellectual property. You had the foreign connection. Again, an area where government may be able to be able to help in a way that civil litigation won't. Um, and finally, and really important, you had a victim company that was interested in a criminal prosecution and very supportive of it. In this case, the employee was prosecuted. He ended up pleading guilty, and he was sentenced to three years in prison. Wow. Unexpected outcome, I suppose, from what looks perhaps like a simple employee leaving a company to start. Are there some takeaways, Adam, that you see that are common from that or, or things that people can apply uh, from the situation or the scenario you've mentioned? I do think there are some um, preventative steps the company should consider to try to either reduce the chance of something like this happening or limiting the damage if it, if it does happen. The first is restricting employee access to only the data that the employees need. Uh, that is obviously easier said than done, but I'm always amazed by the amount of information that even sort of low and mid-level employees often have at companies. A second thing is to make sure that the company's most critical data is particularly well protected. Uh, and uh, another thing for companies to keep in mind is that they really should be educating their employees, not just that IP theft is a violation of their conditions of employment and of their contract if they have one, but also that it's a crime and that it could end up sending them to prison. That's something that employees almost never think about. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that struck me about this scenario is just exactly how much time and effort was spent not only by the government, but more, more importantly, perhaps, by the company and all of the resources expended to protect against this situation. And it just got me thinking, is there something that companies might be able to do sort of prophylactically to avoid these problems even before they happen? Is there a way that software, for example, could be configured to alert management of situations or symptoms of uh, employees' conduct that might indicate that they were about to steal intellectual property from the company? You know, what, what if, for example, a system could be put in place where if a certain amount of data is downloaded, it would trip an email that would be sent to somebody in compliance at the company not to be like Big Brother or to look over everybody's shoulder, but simply to be a check so that management could look into the matter a little further before so much time and effort is expended. I think that's a that's a very good point and certainly something that companies should be thinking more about. Most companies do log a lot of data about their uh, employees' downloads, for example, um, and oftentimes don't spend enough time re actually reviewing that data. The thing, one thing though to keep in mind is that you, there does need to be a balance, as you mentioned, Big Brother. Um, companies are very concerned these days about, uh, you know, the market for talent being particularly competitive, and the importance of having a collaborative and positive work environment. You don't want to solve a security problem by creating an atmosphere in which nobody wants to work. Uh, and obviously, if you, if you make your employees unhappy enough, you can actually increase the chance that one of them decides they want to leave and take some of your IP with them. So this is complicated, and it's a balance that companies need to try to strike. A couple of other things to keep in mind are, uh, in this case, the company did uh, an important thing by asking the employee in the exit interview if he had taken any IP with him. His false statements on the form that he signed there were really critical, both for uh, any potential civil suit as well as criminal prosecution. Another thing, uh, again, to note out of this circumstance is that there are times when going to law enforcement quickly can be very helpful. You can get relief you could never get through civil litigation. On the other hand, there are downsides to this. Certainly, companies are often concerned about the publicity that would go along with any criminal prosecution, and there's a definite lack of control and sort of loss of control once the government is involved. It is now their investigation, not yours. And the final thing I'd flag is that there is value in sending the message to employees and to outsiders that you take IP theft seriously. Can neither be done. You can send that message either through a civil suit or a criminal prosecution, but in either way, it can be very important. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. This, these are complicated issues. I think one thing that you'll agree with me, Adam, is that you gotta move fast, that companies need to move quickly to identify these issues and act quickly in order to preserve their rights. Well, this is really super interesting topic, and, and, and as you said, it highlights just how complicated these issues are. Thanks, Adam, for joining me today to discuss what companies can do to prevent IP theft, even from their most trusted employees. For more information about Choate and how companies can protect their assets, please visit www.choate.com. You can also listen to additional podcast episodes in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation.